So uh, tonight we're going to, uh, let me see, I'm trying to think what I'm going to preach. So I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to start from Isaiah chapter 46, and then I'm going to move on over uh, to Ephesians chapter 1. But I'm going to start in, in uh, Isaiah 46, chapter 46. Now we're going to, um, my wife came with me and we got packed, a clothes packed to stay overnight and excuse me, and overnight tomorrow night. And, uh, uh, but I got here so quick until I think, I told my wife, I said, I think I'm gonna drive back home tonight <laughs> because there, there's a funeral in, in, in the morning that I, that we like to go, I like to go to. And so I think I'm gonna drive back and, uh, and then come back tomorrow night and stay Saturday night. So I'll be here for all day Sunday. Amen. Now, now I've been ripping and running all the year and just every week here and running there and uh, here and here. And, and I told them that I don't think uh, I got to check my birth certificate because they say I'm 63, but I, but I don't think an old man couldn't do what I'm doing. <laughs> I, think, I think they made a mistake. They, they must act, act more like 43. So I got to check that birth certificate and see what they're talking about. Amen. So, uh, so we're going to drive back tonight and come back tomorrow night. <clears throat> now, verse 9, chapter 46 of Isaiah. We're also glad to see other from South Carolina. Amen. I, I, I didn't know he had moved. But I let him, I wanted to know what part was he from, because I'm going to be down in South Carolina uh, starting February the 9th with Bishop uh, Jackson uh, in uh, Columbia. So he let me know he's going to try to get down there and uh, be in the service. Amen. We, we, my wife and I just came off of a, a, a cruise, a church. Uh, the, the elder wanted me to preach on a cruise. So I called, called one of my friends and told him, I said, we're getting ready to go on a cruise. Now, I got to preach on the boat, on, on the boat. So he said, all I can tell you, Elder, don't rock the boat. <laughs> Amen. So we had a nice time on the cruise, and we stopped in uh, Nassau and, and preached for Bishop Dawkins, and then got back on the boat and, and preached on the boat and I tried to rock it. Isaiah 46 and 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do whatever I want to do. He said, I'll do all my pleasure. And I'm saying that he said he'd do whatever he wanted to do. That's what he tells me. Amen. Whatever he pleased to do. Amen. That's what he, that's what he can do. And he said, calling a ravenous bird from the east, man from a far country, a man uh, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel, from a far country, 
So, yea, I have spoken it, and I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. Now, this is the Lord here is really building up our confidence in his uh, power, his wisdom, and might to perform whatever he has purpose. He's letting you know that uh, he will bring to pass whatever he will. See, God has a will. God has a plan. Amen. God has a purpose. He has a, he has a purpose. He has an ultimate purpose. He has a purpose and a plan for us. And he's letting us know that he's God and there's none else. There's none like him. So don't try to compare him with nobody else that's also got a will and got a plan. But they can't bring it to pass. He said, but I'm God. I'm different than any other God you have ever heard of. Amen. And whatever I say, I'm going to bring it to pass. He said, I've, I've already told you, I'm already going to tell you what the end's going to be right from the beginning. I declare the end from the beginning. Ancient time, things that are not yet done. So if you want to, you can go ahead and start shouting now. Amen. Because whatever I have purpose, I'm going to bring it to pass. Amen. If I said it, put your foot on it. Amen. Because God will do it. And this is the thing that we must keep in mind as we walk with God is that uh, this whole Bible, this uh, thing about what's going on in the world, always think in terms that God has a plan. He has a purpose. And it's not so much of us what we're doing. Because see, so many times people get caught up in what we do, we are doing to be saved. It's not what, what you're doing, it's what God is doing to save us. Amen. You see, uh, we, we, we think in terms of what we do and what I've got to do and all this type of thing. We have a part in it, but, but not the major part. See, this is not our plan. This is God's plan. Amen. Now, I'm not going to deal with his plan here in, its, in the setting of what he's talking about because in this context, he's dealing with the, with the, with the fact of how he's going to deliver uh, his, his, his people uh, out of the hand of Babylonians. And regardless of what happened, he's letting them know that whatever happened, He's going to deliver his people. And he wants them to remember the former things of old. See, God got a good track record. Amen. And he haven't just uh, begun to deliver. He haven't just begun to do great things. Check his record. Amen. All through history, God have always done what he said. So when you have any doubt and look like the devil going to overcome you, he said, remember the former things of old. Amen. Check me out. Amen. And see what I've already done. 
And that should, amen, whenever you look back and see what God have done, uh, that should uh, 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 stimulate your faith, amen. That will cause your faith, amen, to revive by thinking of what God have already done. But that's what you have to do sometimes. You have to look back and remember what God has done because things don't look so hot now. Sometimes at, at, at the present, things look like it's not going to work. And you can't see nothing in the future. Everything looked dark. Everything looked like there's no hope. So when you can't see nothing in the future, can't see nothing in the uh, future, amen, if you can't see nothing in the present or the future, then look back and remember the former things of old. Amen. Look what God have already done. Amen. Look back and see how he brought you out amen long time ago and then if you said if he did that I know God can do this amen and whatever God said I'm going to do that's what God will do amen and so we want to deal we, we want to talk tonight about uh, the ultimate plan of God amen when he talk about my counsel self stand whatever I purpose I'm going to do it so what we're going to talk about is the ultimate purpose of God. Now, there are, uh, God always have what, what, what is called subordinary, uh, or rather subordinate uh, plan, but, and he has a subsidiary uh, plan that's, uh, that's involved before he brings about the ultimate plan. But we're going to let you see what God's ultimate plan is for the church and for you. So let us turn to the book of Ephesians and we'll, we'll, I, I want you to see something here uh, in this book tonight uh, because it is very important for us to really understand what God's will is, what God's plan is and where you fit in, in God's plan. But first of all, you must see what God's plan is. And then God will let you see that you're involved in his plan. So here's Paul writing in chapter 1, uh, verse uh, 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are in Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us. Now, now he's letting us see where we are in his plan. Chosen us in him before the foundation of the world what for that we should be holy and without blame before him in love so let me stop there in order to expedite time but here uh, in verse 3 Paul is letting us in uh, as God has had let him in on God's ultimate plan and his ultimate purpose for the church. 
and what his will is for us. And when you begin to understand what God's plan, his purpose is, you, your heart can relax a little more. Amen. So he's letting us know that God has blessed us and he has blessed us. And the reason that we have become recipients of this blessing because he chose us. See, we, he, he has blessed, but now we could never have received these blessings unless God had chosen us. Amen. That's, that's the only way we are able to receive blessings. And you keep in mind that, that, that we are not the one that brought the blessings about. And you, you are not receiving the blessings because you decided to receive them on your own. Amen. You made a decision, but because God had already decided to let you decide. Because you was already chosen. And if you wasn't chosen, you couldn't decide to be saved. Amen. But everybody he chose, he gave them the power, the ability to repent. Because you can't repent unless God grant repentance. And you can't have faith unless God gives you some preaching. For faith come by hearing. And hearing the word of God. He sent to preach, but how can he preach except he be sent? Amen. And if you don't hear it through the preacher, you got to read it. Amen. Because faith comes through God's word. And you can't get that unless God gives it, uh, give it to you. A lot of people think they can just start to have faith. Some people say, I'm going out for faith. I see a lot of churches now calling themselves faith deliverance. Greater faith. You know, faith this and faith that. And I'm going to start having faith. And folks start throwing pills away and start throwing glasses away. You know, because they're going to start having faith. You can't decide to have faith. God has to give you faith. Can you say amen? Amen. So what the writer wants you to see here is that you're in the purpose of God. And the reason you are in is because God chose us. We, we are chosen people. Amen. Another scripture, Paul calls us God's elect. Amen. He said, who shall lay any charge to God's elect? Romans 8.33. He, we are his elect. And we're here because of the sovereign election of God. Somebody was talking to me the other day. They said, but I don't understand this. And how can God choose you and not choose that one and take that one? I said, listen. I don't understand a whole lot of things. All I know, I'm glad he chose me. You say, hey, man, I don't know why God does what, but look, look who he chose when it came to Esau and Jacob. He, he said, uh, I hate Esau, but I love Jacob. And before either child was born. So it wasn't on the basis of whether they did good or bad because they weren't even born yet. And the Lord said, I hate Esau, but I love Jacob. And then somebody said, well, how can God do that? Paul said, well, how can the clay say to the potter, why you make me thus and thus? He said, the Lord have mercy upon him whom he will have mercy. Have compassion upon him who he want to have compassion. God do what he want to do. Somebody said, well, that ain't fair. Never say that God's not fair. 
Just say that I don't understand it. Amen. Because everything God do is right. The judge of all the earth will do right. I don't understand it, but thank God I'm a chosen vessel. Amen. And if God chose you to be in his plan, you're in his ultimate plan. Somebody asked me, uh, we, we, were, we were over in London uh, 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 back in, in, in August, and Elder Jones was over there, and they got, we got in a discussion of, about how do you know God's whether you're in God's will or not. Somebody said, because, you know, I'm, I, I want to know because, you know, you can get out of God's will through marry. You can marry somebody, get out of God's will, or you might buy a car or do little different things and you, you didn't do it in God's will. I said, well, uh, 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 the, the, when you talk about the immediate will of God, that vacillates. Sometimes you do some things that is not in God's immediate will. But that don't take you out of his ultimate plan. Amen. Because you might marry somebody. And you might, you might have married out of the immediate will. But that don't stop you from being saved. Because you didn't marry the right person. You just probably go through a little trouble. And have your head cracked a little bit. Amen. And all this, this type of thing. And a whole lot of things you might do you shouldn't do. But that don't take you out of his ultimate See, God got an ultimate plan. Amen. That's the plan he said, I'm going to bring it to pass. Amen. You might uh, do a little something here and step out a little, little something there. But what God got going for you is his chastening ability. He chastened every son that come into his kingdom. And if you get off track, amen, and going down the wrong way, he know how to get your attention. He'll batter your tatter till your head get flatter. Amen. He'll, he'll cause you to say, hold it. You'll come to your senses like the prodigal son. So here I'm down here eating husk, hog food, and man, amen. Look what did But God had to bring him to his senses. Amen. So all of us can get off a little bit, but God know how to boom, boom. So, oh, all right, Lord, I'm going back to where, to the place I'm supposed to, to, to be. Amen. Because by you being God's chosen one, amen, he got to look out for you. Amen. You might go astray, amen, but God will bring you back, amen, if you are his chosen one. So this is why Paul got happy when he was saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you notice here, us from verse 3 to verse 14 is one big statement. Paul is laying down the, uh, 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 the, uh, the plan of God and also showing how that God, how he's going to bring his plan to pass. Now from verse 3, from, from verse 4 rather to verse 6, he tells us what God the Father have, has done because she said blessed be 
God the Father, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with, with all spiritual blessings. So he's talking about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So from verse 4 to verse 6, he's telling us what God the Father has done. From verse 7 to verse 12, he'll tell you what part God the Son is playing. See, this is Christmas time, so we're letting you know why Jesus came. Amen. And then from verse 13 to verse 14, he tells you what God the Spirit part is in God's plan of salvation. Now, when I talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, I'm not talking about three distinct persons. I'm talking about the same God only come to you, a man, in the form of the Son and also in the form of the Holy Ghost. But it's all God. Amen. So he said, blessed be God the Father. Now that word blessed, if you notice, there are two words and they're spelled the same way. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us. Spelled the same way, both words, but to have different meanings. So now, let me use a couple of Greek words. Now, um, as I say many times, I don't use Greek words to show off. I use Greek words because it's important. In this particular context, it is important. Now, when he said, blessed be God the Father, the Greek word there is eulogitos. Now, eulogitos, uh, translated in our word, is eulogy. Eulogy or to eulogize uh, when a person eulogize, when the preacher eulogize a funeral. Eulogy is made up of two words. Logi and you. Logi mean to speak. You mean well of. So to eulogize a funeral, the preacher is expected to speak well of the deceased. But many times the deceased haven't done well. So it's difficult for the preacher to speak well. Amen. But Paul said, let's eulogize God the Father. Let's speak well of him. Amen. Speaking well of, 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 of him for what he, because he had blessed us. So there's another word, blessed. So what does that word mean? That word blessed comes from another Greek word, makarios. Makarios is found in Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes where it said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, but they shall be, be filled. And all through that is telling us what God will do for us. So when we bless him, we speak well of him. But when he blesses us, he does us well. So that second blessing, God have done us well, so therefore we speak him well. We can't do for him what he's done for us, but at least we can speak well of him. We can let the world know the man is all right. Amen. For he has done great things for me, and I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give him the glory. And that's what Paul is saying. Let's speak well of God the Father. Amen. Let's give him praise. Let's give him thanks. Amen. And then, of course, when we talk, when he talk about speak well of God the Father, 
it is because God the Father is the one that devised uh, the salvation. He's the, he's the one that planned the salvation, how he was going to save us. Amen. Because you see, there was no salvation for the angels. Angels that sinned had no hope. But thank God, Adam sinned, we sinned, the human family was doomed. But God the Father, amen, planned a, a, a way whereby he could save us and still be God. He could justify us and still be just. Amen. So God the Father planned the salvation. This is his purpose. Amen. That he was going to save us. And he said, I don't care how no good they are, how low down they are. I'm God and there's none else. Amen. I don't care how crooked they are. Amen. I'm God. Amen. If I plan to save them, I'll bring it to pass. Amen. So he planned this salvation. But now he planned it. But now God is a spirit. So how were we going to, how was God going to bring this blessing to us? Because in the plan of salvation, he made a covenant with his son. And the covenant was that I'm going to choose certain ones out of the human family and I'm going to give them to you. Now, if you don't believe that, read the 17th chapter of St. John sometime and you'll see that God chose out certain ones and gave them to the son. And the son part was to go down and to redeem those that, that was chosen. And the only way that they could be redeemed, he had to die. Blood had to be shed. So God the Father is a spirit. And God the Father, he can't die. A spirit can't die. But yet, he said, I got to save him. Well, how are you going to save him? God the Father became God the Son. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So what the writer is saying, in the beginning, the Word was with God. The Word was God. So, so now, but somebody said, there's only one God. So where did Jesus, how did he fit in? Because it couldn't be, there's no room for two people. Because it said, this God, the Father, cover all space. So if there was another person, he, he wouldn't have nowhere to stay. Because God got all space. So, and then if there was another God, he would be a dummy. Because this God is omniscient. He knows everything. And he would be a weakling because this God is omnipotent. He's got all power. Amen. So there was no two persons. So then what was going on? In the beginning was the word. The word means in the beginning, God the Father had a thought. Amen. The thought was in his head that he was going to become God the Son. Amen. But now the, uh, the Greeks always said that you can't have a thing without a thought. You, you, you got to have a thought before you can create a thing. But that's far as they went. But the Hebrews went a little further. 
The Hebrews said, yes, you can't have a thing without a thought, but you can't have a thought without a thinker. You got to have somebody to think the thought. Amen. So the thought was in the mind of God. And in verse 14 of St. John said, the word became flesh. The thought that God had in his mind was himself taking upon him the form of a man becoming in the likeness of a man so that he could die to bring this thing to pass. He was born under the law, born of a woman in order to redeem those that were under the law. So since God the Spirit couldn't die, God the Spirit wrapped himself up in flesh, amen, so that he could die, satisfied the, the law, and rise again. Now he's sitting on the right hand of God, saying, whosoever will, let him come. Oh, praise God. And then, of course, what, what had happened was then, uh, when, 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 uh, when, see here is that from verse 4, 4 to verse 6 God the Father planned salvation. Verse 7 to 12, the Son put it in operation. You see, this is what Christmas is, is, is all about. Amen. A lot of people talk about jingle bells and jingle bells and all this kind of thing. The reason Jesus came is to put God's plan into op operation. Amen. Because God had determined to save us. But in order for him to save us, Jesus had to come. Amen. That's the reason for the season. Amen. Because Jesus had to come and put God's plan in operation. And then after Jesus had died, satisfied justice and rose again, then he sent back the Holy Ghost to make the application. Amen. Because this thing would never come to pass except the Holy Ghost had not been sent in order to convict us of our sin. Amen. See, you can't go to God on your own. St. John 6.44 said, no man can come to the Father. Amen. Jesus said, can no man come to me except he's drawn by the Father. Amen. So God, this God sent the Holy Ghost out to bring us in. And here we are. Amen. Here, 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 here we are clapping our hand, praising God. How did that happen? God chose us. Amen. Before the foundation of the world. And this is why that the writer said, let us praise him. And then notice what he said that he had blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Amen. In the heavenly places in Christ. Those words are loaded. And what he's telling us is that don't get caught up with the Christmas thing. Amen. So much from the materialistic standpoint. Amen. Because God's blessings, the character and the nature of God's blessings are spiritual blessings. Amen. That's what we must be concerned about. Amen. Because God's kingdom, God's purpose, amen, is a spiritual kingdom. This is not a materialistic kingdom. This is not an external kingdom. But this is a spiritual kingdom. And when God blesses us, he blesses us with exclusive blessing. The spiritual blessing, everybody don't have them. 
every, anybody can have these uh, what is called common uh, 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 common blessings. Anybody can get a car. Amen. Anybody can get a house. Amen. Anybody can have money, but everybody don't have the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's exclusive. Amen. Because the Bible lets us know that he reigned upon the just. Amen. Upon the unjust as well as the just. Those are common blessings. So don't be surprised and don't get too disturbed if you see the sinner have more material things than you have. Because that's no big deal. Amen. Because these things are only transitory. They got to pass away. Amen. But God said, I'm going to give you something that is exclusive. Amen. That everybody can't get these uh, particular blessings. They are just for these special people. You know, the saints sometimes don't realize who they are and what God have done for them. You're not just ordinary people. Amen. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Amen. You are a peculiar people. And you are a holy nation. God wants you to know, amen, that you are his special people. There's no, no other person, no other people like God's people. And so many times when we get big, the devil try to make us doubt and wonder if God's going to do this and do that. Listen, God loves you with an everlasting love. Amen. And there's nothing that can separate you from his love. Somebody quote that sometime as saying, can't, can't nobody separate me. Uh, they use it that, that their love that, that, that they're not going to be separated from God, from God. God is not dependent on your love. Amen. Because you can love him today and then hate him to tomorrow. He's, he's not dependent, dependent on, on you. He's dependent on his love. He said, can't nobody separate you from his love. Amen. Because once God have chosen you, amen, you become his product. Amen. You become, amen, God owns you. Amen. You're not just in here just because you decided to come in. God bought you. Amen. With his with, with, with the price. Amen. He purchased you with his own blood. And he tells you in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 around verse uh, 20, he said, you are bought with the price and you are not your own. If we can keep that in, in mind, amen, that we belong to God. And if we belong to him, you ought to know God's going to take care of his property. Amen. Because look how you take care of what you have bought. Amen. I got a car. I treat that car right. Because I bought it. I paid good money for that car. And I'm not just going to let anything happen. If, if I get a bump, I'm going to get it fixed. Amen. If I see it not running right, I'm, I'm going to get it fixed. Because I bought that thing. That's mine. I got a house. I'm going to take care of it. I got a wife. Amen. I paid for that girl. Oh, have mercy. I got to look out for her. Amen. I had to buy license in, in order to get that girl. I just don't let things go like, like that. And God said, I bought you. Amen. And 
Amen. And we're around here worrying about whether or not God's going to deliver us. We're worrying whether or not God's going to bring us out. If God didn't want to bring you out, he never would have brought you in. If God didn't, didn't want to hear you, he would have left you out there on skid row. If God didn't want to save you, he never would have filled you with the Holy Ghost. He never would have washed you in his own blood. But God said, don't look at yourself as being one that decided to be saved. But look at yourself that I'm saved by grace. And that through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. He said, but ye are my workmanship. Created into good works. Whatever you are, whatever you have become, it's because God did it. To God be the glory. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. If it wasn't for God's grace, I'd still be in the gambling hall. If it wasn't for God's grace, you would still be out in the streets. But thank God for his grace. He brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. And look at us now. I heard, I like what Elder Cooper said. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I'm a saint saved by grace. Oh, praise God. And it's not by what I've done, but it's what God has done for me. I didn't bring myself in. I couldn't die for myself, but Jesus died for me. I couldn't, I couldn't obey the law, but Jesus obeyed the law for me. I couldn't, I couldn't convict myself, but the Holy Ghost convicted me. I, I couldn't feel myself. I couldn't wash myself, but the law, he did it for me. Oh, praise God. And that's why the writer said, let's eulogize him. Let's speak well of him. Don't fret because you don't get what you want. If God don't, don't heal you, you ought to speak well of him anyhow. If God don't put no shoes on your feet, the man is still all right. If he don't do no more for us, he's done enough already. For when he chose me, God didn't have to choose you because he said many are called, but only a few are chosen. And thank God I'm in that number. I'm in God's will. I'm in God's plan. So God told me to tell you, when you see yourself now, you see yourself as in God's plan. And if you in God's plan, he said, I plan for you to be holy and without blame before him in love. What God is saying is, he's not telling you now, he's expecting you to, to be holy because you can't be holy. God have to make you holy. He said, what I'm 
you is that when I get through with you, you're going to be just like Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care how low down you are, but when God get through working on you, I never would have thought that I'd be up here preaching God's word. I never would have thought that I'd be able to live holy. I didn't think I could stop chasing women. But God said, listen, my counsel shall stand and I'll do all of my pleasure. I said, when I get through with you, you will be holy. Look what he said in Ephesians chapter, hold just hold it for a minute, chapter 5, verse 25. He said, husband, love your wife as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify by the washing of the water by the word. What you going to do that for, Lord, that I might present it to myself, a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. When God get through with us, we're going to look just like his son. Oh, praise God. But somebody look, said, but look at Taylor. He's a convict. He's on dope. He is a crook. He is a racketeer man. But God said, I'm going to save him. I'm going to bring him in here. And when I get through with him, he won't racketeer no more. When I get through with him, he will be holy. Said, but Lord, supposing if you have trouble, because the devil going to fight him. He's going to have opposition. Supposing if he fails. Supposing if he get knocked down. He said, don't worry. He might get knocked down, but he'll never get knocked out. Oh, praise God. You don't have to say, I have fallen and I can't get up. No, no, get on up. Because you got the power to get up because Jesus will give you the victory. He said, you might have trouble. You might have problems. He said, but all things are going to work together for the good to them that are loved and love the Lord and I call according to his purpose. I'm in God's purpose. I might, can I preach three more minutes? I might have trouble. And you might have, you might end up in Babylon. You might get to a place to where your song has gone and you can't sing no more. That's what happened to the children of Israel. Said, how can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land? Because they were God's chosen people, but they were in Babylon. They're supposed to be in Jerusalem. But somehow or another, the devil tricked them and God sent them to Babylon. So they said, we can't sing now. But don't forget what they did. They didn't throw the harps away. Said, I can't sing now, but I'm going to hang my harp on the willow. Maybe I can't play it now, but it's going to be some playing after a while. 
matters no you might be out of his immediate will and you might not feel like shouting but listen keep your feet trim your corns get your bunions straight it's gonna be shouting again because you're in God's word say say we'll press him we'll praise him for one of these days I'm gonna pick up my harp and there'll be rejoicing again there'll be praising again there'll be shouting again cause the Lord he might let you down but you shall rise again because yes, hey What y'all say about Jesus? What you say about him? What y'all say about him? Is the man all right? Let's speak well of him. Let's eulogize him. Oh, praise God. Woo. Oh, hallelujah. 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 They got some praises out now called Toda, Yare, Barak, Shabak. All that's supposed to be heavy stuff. Thank you, Jesus. Trying to make you think they got some kind of revelation different than everybody else. But listen, Todah and Yade, that was in the Old Testament. Thank you, Jesus. We in the New Testament now. And what can be hallelujah? See, when you say hallelujah, that's Todah. When you say hallelujah, that's Yoda. When you say hallelujah, that's Barak, Shabbat, Hot, whatever you want to call it you can't beat hallelujah hallelujah and when you praise God when you say hallelujah amen just it's the same way to go back in the Old Testament and talk about Jehovah Nissi Jehovah Ra Jehovah Kasikinu all those were Old Testament terms but what can beat the name of Jesus when you say Jesus you're saying Jehovah Ra when you say Jesus, you're saying Jehovah Kasikanu. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. And when you say hallelujah, everything is wrapped up in hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. 